The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Incline listeners, looking to start your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. First of all, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Now, you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so you can have it heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to The Incline, your Dodgers podcast for Dodgers talk, rumors, updates, and everything Dodgers. I'm Kevin Klein. I'm David Rosenthal. I'm Ian Nielsen. We're your host, and this podcast is powered by Dodgers Lowdown. And without further ado, it's let's ride. Time for the words recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What's up, everyone? Thank you for tuning in to The Incline. Hope you're all doing well out there. Ian and David are in the house. How you guys doing? Pretty good. Final season uh, online is almost done. Yeah, I'm good. Excited about this promise for a baseball season. So hopefully that plan gets put through pretty soon and we can actually have something to look forward to here. Yeah, for sure. We're recording on May 6th, so hopefully we're getting closer to baseball as we speak. Season should have already been a month in by now, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We have an awesome guest joining the incline today. I'd like to present to everyone the 2020 Astros Shame Tour. You can follow him on Twitter at Asterisk Tour. How's it going, man? Going great. Thanks for having me. I'm, you know, looking forward to this baseball season starting, even if maybe there won't be fans. Who knows? But the shaming continues. <laughs> Most important. We definitely appreciate what you're doing. Keep it up. I know you're probably disappointed that the season hasn't started because you'd probably be shaming that team hardcore right now. Also, Go ahead. Word, on, word on the street is you got a book out there that you wrote called The Big Inning Site. Tell us a little bit about that. Oh, so, well, two, sort of two separate things. So there's a, uh, I started a baseball site a few years ago called The Big Inning, and um, it's like sort of 
some of them are pretty long. I don't know if I call them long form, but, but like long sort of column type pieces about the beginning of baseball from a, a given day in, in the season. So, you know, if the, the Dodgers score 10 runs in the first inning or, you know, maybe the last inning of a no hitter. Um, and I was doing it regularly, almost every, every, um, every game of the season, you know, I didn't revive the whole thing and add a YouTube element to it. Like with, you know, top 10 innings of the season or top 10 innings of, you know, like the month of April, May, et cetera. So I'm preparing to, to relaunch all that. It's uh, big hyphen inning.com. It's like undergoing some changes and I have to get all the video stuff ready. But, uh, so there's that. And then separately, I wrote a book came out in 2018, um, about the 1968 world series. Uh, it's an oral history when I interviewed 22 of the players, you know, they're not all still around, but I tracked down 22 of them and drove around the country and interviewed them in their homes. And so the whole book is in their own words, talking about the, the 68 world series and like the chapters go game one, game two, game three, and so on, uh, seven games. So, so that's part of the reason I was away from the site was cause I was doing that. And then I was getting ready for the, uh, the paperback edition to come out and, uh, which came out last month. And in the meantime, I was working on other stuff, getting the paperback ready, and then start this Astros account, the Shame Tour account, in mid-February, and the whole thing took off. And yeah, that that, that took my attention away for for a bit. And now, not that I wanted baseball to, to cease as it did, it's 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 hard to deal with, but um, it does give uh, it, it gives a little more time to to get back to some other things. And then, you know, when it comes back, the shaman comes back full full force. Nice. That's what we um, like to hear. Yeah. So you brought it up and I'm sure I'm not the only one wondering. So I got to ask what inspired the Astros shame tour movement? I mean, mostly just this feeling in, in, in my heart, I would suppose of outrage and, and feeling like, you know, all the love I have for the game of baseball and that I could sort of feel that so many other people have uh, Dodgers fans, Yankees fans or otherwise. Uh, I feel like that that love for the game had been sort of um, disrespected and spat on, and and it felt like it's one thing if people cheat, people cheat in life and whatever insider trading or politically or in different in sports like the steroid era, like that happens, and it's it's never fun to see it. But normally there's a punishment. Normally there's jail time or some some severe punishment if it's sports. Um, and you know, like the Olympics and NCAA, they they even vacate titles or even entire seasons. So to see, like, you know, when nothing happened, to see the original scandal and then to see the follow-up from MLB uh, where they basically didn't hand out any punishment, you know, I just knew how I felt from that. I felt, you know, sort of heartache over that, and I knew other people must feel that way. But I was worried that the story would go away because you just have a lot going on. It's an election year. You know, they had the Super Bowl kind of in the winter and just all that basketball season. You know, Kobe Bryant passed away. So that was a major story that – I mean, justifiably garnered everyone's attention. And then maybe a month after that, it's going to drift into just who knows. There's, there's just a lot of stories in a, in a given year. And so I felt it just felt like the Astros thing was going to fade away. And I just yeah. hated that feeling like in, in Scooby-Doo or something when the bad guys, like he almost gets away with it and then they just catch him at the end. And I felt like I just felt, you know, it just felt awful. And I was watching some Michael K videos who's, He's, uh, he's one of the Yes Network, like, you know, Yankees. Well, he does the Yankees games broadcast, but then he's got a radio show. And so he was sort of keep it, keeping it alive. And I don't know about in, in L.A. There might have been an equivalent person, but he was ranting about it, and he was, he was really following it. And that was keeping me sane a little bit. And seeing those clips 
in my head kept it alive. And then I felt like the day that all the players got to spring training and you saw Bellinger and all those guys come out against the Astros, I think it was that same day that I started the account because I felt like that confirmed that the story wasn't going away. That if these players are talking about it and now even the Astros are going to be, you know, in front of the media every day and all that stuff, like um, – this isn't going to be forgotten when in January, in the middle of winter, it feels like it can be. And so from that point on, it just, there was content, there were things happening, there were hit by pitches, there were, you know, people with signs, literally getting their signs stolen in the, you know, in the stands at the, yeah. the, the post of at the Astros game. So it just be like everything that was going on was just too perfect or too, you know, from a humor angle, from a just sort of vent maybe not vengeance but like come up in angle and uh yeah it took off and then right when it took off obviously everything shut down so it got a little weird yeah i mean in a matter of months i mean were you, were you expecting this much of a you know following and i mean in only i think it was only a few weeks and you're already up to you know 186,000 twitter followers were you expecting this to get such a huge following or what was your your intention like what, what were your expectations for when you started this account I, I did not expect to get that many at all I like I just didn't even see that that would be possible I thought maybe I can get to 10,000 by the end of the year and that was a big maybe like I didn't yeah I wouldn't have put money on that at all I mean, it's very hard to, to you know gain a following and I've done Twitter before um so I, I just felt like I wanted to throw my two cents in I did think it could catch on I had a good feeling about it but um but that was sort of it and I just felt like um, the plan was to basically wait until the regular season to post any fan that was at the games with like a great poster board or a great, like any, any taunting or heckling going on or a hit by pitch or just a fight that broke out. I was going to just screenshot that and, and post that kind of stuff. But then I thought I'll start it a bit early just to get a little, maybe get a little bit of a following in spring training and, and maybe stuff will happen in spring training too. But basically I was just anticipating that April, like that the Astros would go to every ballpark in April and just get heckled and it would be like something we've never seen. And I figured that there'd be, you know, footage of that posted on Twitter, but maybe not in one place. Cause I felt like in the winter I would go on John boy's account or I'd click on Ken Rosenthal or I would, I would search around or just type in Astros, but it was hard to find if somebody had a great sort of like meme type post, I probably wouldn't have seen it or I wouldn't know where to look. And I, I just at least wanted to make something that was like the hub I kind of wanted there to be a hub for all that stuff and there wasn't. So I thought I would just make it and see if, you know, like I could get the word out, which is always the hard part. So, um, yeah, I thought, I thought, you know, that, that was the plan. And then, and then as it turned out in spring training, there was actually a lot more going on than I realized. I didn't realize there'd be so many fans down there heckling. I didn't realize, you know, that many players would come out against them. Um, but yeah, as it turned out, it was, I had to be one of the wildest spring trainings ever because normally there's, I mean, what stories come out of spring training? Like a new player signed with the team, uh, you know, maybe there's an injury. There's like normally pretty boring stuff in spring training. And this year it was different. Everybody was, it was hooked. And, you know, yeah, people I mean, like yeah. the PA speaker, there's a guy at the Braves, I think it was a Braves, well, Astros game. And the guy is playing, I saw the sign, ace of face, you know, like in the pregame and, it's like every day some some person involved with baseball or the fans themselves were coming up with a new like shaming innovation and yeah it was pretty wild all right Ian. it needed to be recorded of course yeah go I mean, ahead Ian. 
Certainly. I mean, it was like the uh, Bleacher Report, but, you know, just dedicated towards Astros hate. So, great Shamer, my question to you is, who is your least favorite Astro? This is a tough one. I mean, this is a team full of, you know, the lowest dregs of society, but um, who is your least favorite Astro and why, if you had to choose one? Uh, I would probably say, I mean, it's tough because I don't know if AJ Hinch is an Astro anymore. Um, no, yeah, I guess he's not. But, I, but I'll, if I can include him, I, I'd probably say AJ Hinch only because he comes off as such a weasel and such a just a bad person. I mean, you could say that about all of them, but I mean, he's the leader. He's he's and sure you could say the owner, the GM, but they're not the leader of the players. I mean, they just they they bring the players in. So Hinch was the leader of the clubhouse and. I just really resent, even if he didn't initiate this whole scheme, I just really resent that he he would sort of hide behind the defense of that that he he claimed he didn't like the system and he even smashed a TV once or twice or told him to stop. But, like, he he just lacks honor entirely. I mean, I, let's say we take him at his word that he, he truly didn't like it and he wasn't the, the, the source of all this stuff. Like, okay, you find a way to stop it. You don't just tell them, hey, guys, I don't, you know, I don't like that. Imagine if you were, like, a mother or father and, you, and your kids were just like burning the house down or just <laughs> or like throwing rocks at, 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 you know, other kids at school or something. And you just said, Hey, you know, I don't like that. And you left. And that's all you said. You just said once or twice, you don't like it, but you did nothing to stop it. Um, it, see, it felt to me like he was trying to, you know, like, I don't know, ingratiate himself with, with MLB fans or with Tom Verducci in the interview and just, save face when there's no face to be saved like he's he should have egg on his face and he should be just i think banned from baseball for life so um i, I don't even know if i'd say i mean your, your question was like who do i dislike the most i think he's the most pathetic i don't he's maybe tied for who i dislike the most and in terms of the players probably probably bregman he's just very smug and he's like cheating or not even even if this never happened he's just like not a good guy. He's really vain and he's really like full of, just full of himself and he's smug and he, he doesn't, he doesn't play. I, I said this to somebody before that like, so I'm a Cubs fan and if the Cubs had cheated, like I would, it would be really sad, but I would also stop watching them for a while. Um, you know, I just couldn't really support that. But at the same time, like most people would have to admit that the guys in the Cubs are generally likable. Like Chris Bryant's a nice guy. It's sort of like Clayton Kershaw. You, Kershaw is a nice guy, you know, um, uh, who else just on the Dodgers? I feel like, I don't know, like Dave Roberts is a likable manager. Mookie, Certain I mean, teams just, yeah. it'd be hard to just hate somebody. But the Astros, they're not a bunch of nice characters and, and lovable guys that happen to go in the wrong direction. Like, even prior to this, Altuve maybe came off as a nice enough guy before. But Correa and, and um, Bregman, really, Reddick too, they, I just... They they rub they rub the you know the normal fan the wrong way and then the cheating just really adds to that. No, I mean I to- I totally agree with you. Uh, I would agree with you on Bregman though. You brought up Altuve. I, um, his story to me is just insane because he was this guy about oh you know I little kid and I fought to get where I do and then you cheat terrible example. Um, the next question uh, I would have for you is have any famous or just any professional baseball players in any capacity reached out to you or any personnel in major league baseball past or present at least at all? Um, not so much players. I mean, there was one guy, I don't know if I want to name him, but he was a former yeah, uh, reliever for the Rays and a couple different teams. Um, 
not like a big name, but he was a, he was a player, and so that was really cool. I talked to him on the phone, and he was um, sort of wanting to. He has some stuff he's working on that he was just talking to me about. So we'll, I don't know if anything will happen there, but I mean, really, players not so much. I think there were two minor leaguers in terms of just people overall. I mean, the most interesting is just recently I got in touch with the well, not directly, but Rob Lowe is officially on the Shame Tour. The actor, nice, yeah. so. Yeah, he's a big Dodgers guy. Like him and Ken Jong, and there's some other guys like that that you see like at the games and maybe up on the dugout or thrown out of first pitch. So he, he, I mean, he's a diehard, and he, so he was seen wearing this like asterisk cap that looks like the sort of like my avatar on Twitter. It's, it's like the Houston logo, but with the with an asterisk instead of the star. Um, so somebody sent me that, like his Instagram. He had pictures of that, and I posted it. And then I think there was a separate time that like somebody sent a picture that where he was wearing it again. And I think he was at a UFC or boxing match and and then he was wearing it with Joe Burrow. So it's, it it became, it was like this thing he kept wearing and it's his favorite hat. And I thought that was pretty funny. And then just recently his son reached out. I hope he wouldn't mind. I'm saying this, but his son reached out. and, And so he's kind of in touch and he confirmed that, that his dad, Rob indeed knows about the account. He knows about the movement. He's like all in on Astro shaming. Um, and uh and i and i think they're they're planning on selling these hats i don't know the full story but but like i think rob's been wearing it as a bit of a teaser and then and then they're going to start um trying to sell these but um yeah he i mean he would have been the most he's not a player but like it's pretty cool to see someone yeah. that's out there in the world known for something other than baseball and then seeing him just get so i don't know like not obsessed but um I don't know, like compelled by the whole story and just outraged and, and, and not just for like a day or two, but it seems like he'll be here all the way and, and wanting to see the Astros get, I don't know, shamed, you know, get their title stripped if possible. And whatever happens, he like he's going to be there. Yes. David, I'll defer this to you. Why don't you share with everyone the latest update on potential start dating baseball? And we'll dive into that. Uh, yeah. So I'm sure. Sure, most of you guys have heard, but uh, Jeff Pass and Ken Rosenthal have been saying uh, the MLB is going to give a proposal to the union uh, within a week. Uh, and the start dates, while they say it remains fluid, uh, they're targeting July 1st uh, through July 10th as opening day, which means spring training 2.0 would be sometime in the middle of June. Uh, again, they're, they they stress that it's it's fluid because the situation is you know obviously developing, uh, but it's it's no doubt a positive sign that there's going to be a formal you know proposal. Uh, no one really knows the details, uh, and who knows if the players union you know will be up to it because that's a big question mark. They got to get the players to agree to whatever you know MLB is going to send them. What what all the you know rules and and do's and don'ts will be. Uh, but it's a positive step, so keep your eyes out in the next week for a uh, formal proposal, and uh, hopefully the players are on board. Right. Yeah, it looks like potentially um, one thing I've seen thrown around real quick is um, there appears to be somewhat of a plan now uh, as the curve has been flattened, or at least we're seeing it tail off in a lot of places, um, that home ballparks are becoming not only – a very likely possibility that spring training that happens would be occurring 
at home ballparks potentially, which I, that's been the big issue with the union, you know, I mean, this could be huge. I think if, if you're able to keep the players at home with their families, um, I, I, there's a season. You don't have fans in the, in the stands probably, but who knows? I think playing at home ballparks might – looks like they finally might have a plan for that. Yeah, and, and it was added that, you know, there's several teams. I think the Indians were one of the ones named uh, are telling their players to get ready, ready. Uh, get in shape. Uh, so that's always a positive sign. Obviously, the teams themselves know a lot more than we do at this point. Uh, but all signs are pointing to baseball coming back sometime in, in July, I would guess. All right. Well, this is where it gets a little juicy. Even though we haven't heard an update on this for a few days now, last rumor was there's going to be three divisions consisting of 10 teams. And I want to get your guys' reaction on, are you a fan of seeing the Dodgers and Astros potentially in the same division? I think we should let uh, – or featured guest take this one away uh yeah uh, well yeah i've heard the proposal and i think i think that'd be great uh, you know because when i look at baseball coming back without fans I, personally i it just doesn't excite me and i don't mean to be a downer and maybe i maybe when i see it I'd, I'd be pretty excited but it's like oh i've said to people like it would almost remind me that things are weird now if the whole idea is that we want to get back to normalcy to see just empty stadiums and like weird conditions like, like I'll take it. I'm not like I'm not being too pessimistic, but at the same time, just to be in the middle of summer where you know the sun is out and it's a it's a normal summer day where normally like a Dodger Stadium or Wrigley Field you're gonna see whatever Cubs Cardinals or Dodgers Giants and then it's maybe you have that but it's no one's there. So something about that would feel a little bit like there's a good aspect to it, but it's a bit of a letdown too. So at least as a as like a you know, some, some part of it that, uh, like a saving grace, if you had Astros Dodgers on the field, I mean, that would make it must watch TV. That would maybe kind of give closure to people. Hopefully, I mean, depending on what happens on the field, but it would give a little bit of closure to people who feel like they just want to see, you know, the Astros get their comeuppance and get their punishment and they never did. And, Again, when baseball goes away or then when it's, it's, it's said to come back with no fans, it feels like they're, they're going to get away with it again and again. So at least if you get, you know, like Kershaw or Jansen or any of those pitchers on the mound with, with Astros coming to bat, and maybe, maybe nothing happens. Maybe there's no fireworks or no fights, but, like, they just sweep the Astros. Maybe they win big. Maybe they exchange words. Like, who, who knows what's going to happen? But at least to have that kind of a matchup um, – leave something exciting on the field, even if it's not like the same baseball we're going to be used to. So yeah, I would take it. I, I mean, that, that alone would make me like triple my excitement. Um, so we'll see if that's like the actual breakdown they do in terms of the divisions. Um, before I give my take, I'd just like to get a quick, uh, just a quick word from you guys. Uh, as Korea and Taiwan are playing baseball again, uh, cardboard cutout fans. You mentioned fans wouldn't be in the stands. I agree. It wouldn't feel the same without fans. What do you guys think about maybe cardboard fans with crowd sound effects to make it feel a little bit more like there's baseball going on, like normal? Yeah, so, I mean, sure. Like, I, I, I don't really care either way. I think that would be more, more for the players. Uh, as I think as we talked about earlier um, – you know, Kershaw actually said that, you know, the fans actually make a difference for him and, and pitchers more so in general. Uh, so I think that would possibly benefit the pitchers. Uh, 
you know, going off of what you uh, said. But uh, in terms of me, uh, I, I don't really care at all. Uh, I, I think I saw, I don't know if it was in Korea or somewhere else, that they had fans on the big screen uh, via, via Zoom, actually. So that would actually be kind of cool um, to see. You know, you could bring like 20 fans on Zoom and, you know, I guess maybe let them cheer. Probably not because you can't really control the uh, hmm. profanity side of it. But uh, I'm not going to complain no matter what it is. I just want baseball back. Uh, I don't care if there's fans or no fans. Uh, so if you want cardboard fans, why not? You don't need the cardboard fans. You can leave them at home. I was watching KBO the other night, and they did have the crowd noises, the cheering, the booing, et cetera. And I legit thought those were fans in the stands for a second when I was first watching. And then I had to double take and realize everyone's staying at home. So I'm on board with that. It adds an experience to the game watching on television. So why not? Yeah, as long as they can add in, if it's not just normal crowd noise, but it's like heckling noises for the Astros games, they have to customize it at least a little bit. Then I'm on board. I'm with you. It'll feel like watching MLB The Show. But, yeah, Dodgers and Astros in the same division, uh, I'm, all, I'm all for it. I mean, I mean, Ross Stripling went out there and said he'd be willing to throw at Astros guys. I'd love to see that, for one. I, I just I would love to see it. I'd love to see a little controversy. I mean, before the virus came, I mean, when was the last time you remember uh, ESPN talking about baseball in February, you know, lead story. And this is must-see TV. Nobody's got more hate for the Astros than the Dodgers, maybe the Yankees, but this would be must-see TV. I'm all for it. Put them in the same division, let them fight it out. Dodgers will come out on top, of course. Yeah, I'm, I have, it's a, it's a, you know, two-sided coin for me. Uh, I would love to see them just, you know, whoop their ass. Uh, but then that also brings on a entire season of dealing with Astros fans. Uh, and I personally, as if you've ever listened to this show at any point in the history of time, know that I can't stand Astros fans. Uh, so dealing with them online and just in general would just be exhausting. Uh, they're some of the most irrational and just non-self-aware fans I've ever come across. Uh, I'm sure our, our guest knows that better than any. Uh, I, I, would not, I wouldn't even want to see some of the DMs he's probably gotten. Uh, I, can attest, but, I can attest to the quality of their fans, indeed, yeah. I yeah, I mean, I, I would not be surprised you got death threats at that, that, at that point. I mean, so yeah, I, I, again, I, I'm not going to judge whatever they do as long as they get the players on the field. Uh, I personally would prefer regular divisions because, you know, the NL West is pretty much a cakewalk at this point. Uh, but it would be pretty sweet to uh, beat the Astros and, and hopefully win the World Series on the way. So it is what it is. Just just bring it on. Yeah, the one bad thing I thought about with the, like when you mentioned the World Series is, and I know Dodgers fans probably like maybe wouldn't want to hear this, but I, I, I hate the idea that there'd be any sort of like, well, sort of asterisk to, to ironically, if on this, ser- uh, on this season, if there's a World Series, that it, whoever wins it, um, I mentioned the Dodgers fans because, you know, they'd have a good chance to win it. Like, I, I don't think I would consider there, there to be an asterisk or, or any sort of, you know, um, illegitimacy to the title. But but I just hate that there, that, that might be there nevertheless. Like, that mm-hmm. it's just, you know, not that anyone cheated or did anything wrong, but it's just sort of a weird year. It's a shortened year, and it's like there's no fans, and, and maybe the players' preparations were different. 
I mean, like, I'll take it if baseball comes back, but at the same time, I don't know. Knowing knowing that it's an odd year will just will just put a certain question mark in people's heads about are we are we seeing real baseball or are we seeing it the way it would have played out otherwise? And like maybe everyone could just agree to forget about that, but um, you know. So I I, I, I hope like however it plays out that, that, that there's not too much of that feeling uh, again we, in, in the mind of the fans. You bring up an interesting point about there being an asterisk and super ironic, of course, that you'd be on. We're talking about this right now, but. Um... Don't forget the 81 season where the Dodgers won the World Series was a shortened season, as was the 95 season where the Atlanta Braves, similar to the Dodgers, were a dynasty that only happened to win one championship, granted if the Dodgers win it this year. Of course, there might be less games this season, but nevertheless, we've seen it before. And at the end of the day, um, I've tussled with it in my mind. I mean, certainly it wouldn't feel the same, but... I think you just got to tell yourself everyone's on a level playing field. Everyone's at the same level and you know, it's still a good amount of games. I think there's too, arguably there's too many games in baseball. Some people say, some people don't. Um, so I think the best thing you can do is just shut out anyone that wants to, if, if anyone has a disagreement that this title is legitimate, if the Dodgers were to win or whoever wins, uh, the fans of that team just need to shut them out. That's, that's what I say. Just, just don't listen to it. Drown out the noise. Yeah. Well, I think it would help a lot too. Like, if by the playoff time, if there are fans by that point, that would help a lot. Like, that would make everything feel normal. I, like, I, even I, if the season was shorter, it's more like if the whole season is without fans and it's really short. That I think that's what would make it feel weird to people. But if mm-hmm. hopefully it gets sorted out by like I don't know if they're going to be the World Series on Christmas or like I don't know you know the timing of it all. But but uh, yeah, whenever fans come back, I think that'll put like a hundred percent of people at ease. Yeah, for me, it's it's pretty it's simple. Obviously, it's not you know ideal. Uh, and I, you know, if you asked me two years ago, would I want you know a World Series title on a shortened season? I mean, I would still say yes. But after this whole Astros scandal, uh, if anyone tells you that you know if they play baseball this year that that World Series champion is less of a champion than the Astros were, then they are either stupid or an Astros fan. Uh, so for me, it's, it's really not, it's really not that complicated. Uh, Dodgers fans have been waiting, you know, forever for a world series. Some of us haven't seen one since we've been alive. Uh, so I think I can speak for a vast majority of Dodgers fans, uh, when I say that we would not care, uh, if other teams or other fans viewed this as a, you know, slight, uh, asterisk, you know, asterisk on, on the title, uh, especially given what the Astros did and even, even partially the Red Sox. I mean, nothing comes close to that uh, in my view. So I, I simply wouldn't care if, if people viewed it like that and the Dodgers won the world series. And personally, I wouldn't view it uh, as a, you know, less of an accomplishment if another team won the world series. Uh, So it's, it's a non-issue for me. Yeah. And I agree with David. Can't really add anything to that. Is there anything else you guys wanted to address while we have our awesome guest on the show? Yeah, I mean, I think that was that was a lot. Uh, I mean, what would be next? Uh, you know, if is this how long is this is this tour going to continue? Is it just going to be a year? Or is it going to be you know multiple years? Or are you just going to play it by ear and see how it goes? Yeah, I think that I think play it by ear. I mean. I didn't think it through so much, you know, when I started it. I just thought, you know, came up with the name. I thought it sounded pretty, pretty sharp, or like, or like people would get it if they see it, and just the whole concept. But 
but that was sort of it. That was that was the only real thought that went into it. So I mean, I don't know if it'll go into like twenty twenty one or what. But if baseball were playing, we like playing out as normal. I would have just done it until the end of the season, and that would be it. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I mean, a people's interest will wane, and I'm more just following people's interest. Like, I'm not. If, if people's interest in the Astros started to wane, I wouldn't like try to regenerate that. I would just move on to something else and. Like the idea for the account was never to permanently say the Astros. Like I, I mean, in the long run, I would I would basically plan on changing the account to the beginning stuff. Um, and I mean, I'm sure some people would unfollow. And but you know, it's going to be good, really good baseball content. And if people follow basically because they like baseball, uh, th- with this account, then I would hope you know a lot of them would stick around. And um, I know they'd enjoy the content. So that was the plan long term. As for when that switch would occur, I mean. In the normal timeline, it would have been, I don't know, in like November or something. But um, at this point, yeah, we'll have to see what play by year. And uh, in the meantime, I will be, so long as we have this kind of off-season period, I'll be trying to put up these videos and just start that whole that whole thing. And, and it's not Astros related, but it's it's like, you know, I'm going to try to go back to, and do some innings in the past. Um, and actually a Dodgers inning, I'm trying to actually get through to, I have a couple of different ideas for videos. Like I said, like a top 10 innings video. But another one I have is, to do like great innings in baseball history and within somewhat recent history. So not like Babe Ruth type stuff, but um, so as you guys well know, the 06 Dodgers had that ninth inning back to back to back to back home run game mm-hmm. to tie it. And then with the, I think no more hit the walk off in like the 11th or 10th. So that's one of the best innings ever. I mean, it wasn't a playoff game and it, you know, it didn't lead to a championship, but it's like in terms of just mind blowing innings that that's up there. Um, with maybe Fernando Tatis hitting two grand slams in one inning and, and other against ones like the that. Dodgers so, and against the same pitcher, Chan Ho Park. Was it really the same? Well, um, yeah. I knew it was at Dodger Stadium. It was like 99. I forget but, who uh, was the manager that day, but the fact that he left Chan Ho Park in to face Tatis a second time is is classic Dodgers managers. That's wild. Like, I, I got to look up the ERA from that inning alone. Was yeah. yeah. But, uh, more, like 100. I don't know. But, um, so, yeah, so, like, I'm trying to reach the four guys who I think was Marlon Anderson, J.D. Drew, Jeff Kent, and Russell Martin. And I've sort of gotten through to Marlon Anderson, but, like, unconfirmed. I just started doing this. So, basically, that's going to be one of the concepts. Like, a great inning that people, you know, recent enough that people remember and that really stood out as some sort of quirky thing or just if a team scored, like, 14 runs or just any kind of memorable inning, interview the guys and, and just kind of have them tell the story. And, um that one's that that idea is a little harder because you do have to get the guys and that's not easy. But um, I thought that'd be good content as we wait for baseball to come back and uh, and then when it does come back, then there'll be plenty of you know like daily innings that that are actually happening in real time that that can be you know there can be highlights of and and I'll do posts about those. So in addition to the Astro stuff, so. We'll see. A lot of content to come, but like obviously the main, the most fun thing and the main thing is the Astro shaming. But it got a little weird with the virus, and uh, yeah, you said the phrase "play it by ear," and that's that's kind of how it's gonna go. All right, definitely, man. Real fast before we get off, just gotta ask the question. As we're all in sports media, you honestly like just gone a lot further than many do in Twitter and everything. Um, At any point. Do you see yourself doing a reveal on who you are? Of course, not right now, but do you ever see yourself going out and saying, hey, by the way, 
I'm this person, I'm doing this in sports media now, I was behind this page. Do you ever see that as some, or will you remain anonymous throughout, you think? Oh, you know, I, I've done that already, actually. So, yeah, I, I, uh, I mean, I could, I could say right here now, my name is Brendan Donnelly. Um, so I wrote this, I wrote the book I mentioned that it's called uh, An October to Remember 19, sorry, it's called An October to Remember 1968. And then there's a subtitle that mentions the oral history thing. Um, so, I mean, for the most part, I don't, I don't mention my name only to not, not to be anonymous, but just to not bring attention to myself. Like, I feel like it's more about, um, not just like the account, but more like the group, the movement, the sort of collective shaming, uh, uh, yeah, the shaming collective. So, um, so no, I mean, I, I right when the thing blew up and, and like late February, I, I did a Washington Post interview and, and I. Um, I thought beforehand, like, like he was, he was asking, you know, about me and my background. And I thought beforehand, like, will I stay anonymous? Won't, won't I? Because there was an element of, if I stay anonymous, it's like, uh, my cousin made the joke of people will wonder, like, is Trevor Bauer really running this account or, yeah. or like some, like Manfred's, uh, uh, like, you know, assistant's assistant who's, who's, uh, internally like dissatisfied at like what, what happened here or whatever. So. Like there's an element of that, that that can be kind of fun for people, but I just felt like it's probably better just to tell people like what my deal is and especially going forward because this isn't permanently going to be like Astro shaming can't yeah. like, last forever. Well, um, in the meantime, so, yeah. keep shaming. We really appreciate having you on 2020 Astro Shame Tour. Looking forward to hopefully talking more baseball with you once the season commences. So I hope, you know, you have a good time in the meantime and just keep doing your thing. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me on. And uh, anytime, uh, happy to touch base. Thank you for thanks, coming man. on. Appreciate you coming on. With you. Yeah, thanks for sharing the gospel with us. For sure. Right. Cheers. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this latest episode of The Incline. Have a great week. We're out.
Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.